Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 21, and read through the end of the chapter. Not everyone who says to me, well, hold on, let's say this. Who's speaking here? This is still the Lord Jesus speaking. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Uh, we see really quickly here that Jesus gives us another bunch of these lists of um, dichotomous statements. So I, I call them a list of twos, this way or that way, this thing or that thing. And we also see that Jesus um, is doing something that is familiar to people. He's teaching. He's he is uh, sharing ideology. He is opening truth. He is com making commentary on um, spiritual values. But he's doing it in such a way that is really different than they're accustomed to. Um, he is speaking authoritatively about things. Um, in such a way that people are literally uh, astonished at the difference between the way Jesus handles these things and the way they are accustomed to hearing people handle these things. And so uh, here again, uh, I think Jesus comes to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And after all that he has said in these many um, previous um parts of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he gets here in chapter seven and basically says, okay, so we got a lot of choices to make. And he, and again, just like in some of our previous sessions on Matthew seven, he, um, he gives these lists of twos, you know, there's, you know, we've already learned there's, there's two gates, there's two roads, there's two destinations, there's, excuse me, there's two trees, there's, there's, there's two foundations, there's two confessions, there's two types of teaching. I mean, over and over again, you, you just see right here um, that there's uh, a lot of twos and we're, you know, we're basically being told we're, we're going to need to discern uh, which is the right two and also discern which of the two uh, are we more closely associated with and then decide uh, what we, you know, 
what way we really want to go. So discern, discern and decide. Well, the, the truth be told, um, I'd love to take some time to flesh this out. Truth be told, um, we need spiritual discernment. And that is one of the most powerful spiritual works God does in our life, where he helps us uh, have a, a point of spiritual decision based on spiritual wisdom and revelation and understanding so that we follow the spiritual path that leads to spiritual life. Um, and so we need a lot of discernment to discern um, what is what is good and between good things, what is better and to discern uh, how closely associated are we with the, the good, better and best. And, and, uh, and then to decide based on that discernment. And I think, I think um, often, often I was, I was talking to a, a whole nother group of people the other day. And I was talking about how important it is that God works in us both to will and to do, to want to, and then go into action. And, and, and you know, I'm not correcting the apostle Paul from the book of Philippians. I'm not trying to add to the, 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 the canon of scripture in that way. I'm looking across the scope of scripture where I think we can clearly learn that God works in us to discern, to will, and to work. Um, and we, in other words, we need God's help everywhere along the way. Well, during this weird time where everybody's emotions are at, you know, a really high level, Sermon on the Mount comes at a wonderful time where we can, we can take some inventory. Um, um, rarely a message goes by that I don't think of. I don't, you know, whether I'm testifying, teaching, preaching, I think of uh, Lamentations 340. Uh, Come and let us examine our ways and turn again to the Lord. I think of John uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 12. You know, if you believe on that name and receive him, you'll be given the right to be the, the sons of God. Um, I, I think we're always being called to, to take a, a, a fearless and accurate inventory and we can't. Our hearts are deceitful and wicked, and we don't even know them. That, and that, according to the prophet Jeremiah, we can't take this fearless uh, moral inventory on our own. We we find ourselves desperately in need of God. Um, and what what all these previous thoughts in Matthew five and six bring to my heart is, it is really easy to be messed up, and it's really uh, miraculous. For, for God to step in and show us just how messed up we are. And, and then, you know, once the discernment about our condition and about his offer, his person and our person, once these things collide, um, wow, allowing God to step in and help us is really critical. And in these days of high emotion, I think the Sermon on the Mount has landed on my heart in a very powerful way. Um, like I said before, uh, uh, I've also been going through the Psalms with another group and, um, that has really been foundational, um, and helpful to me in so many powerful ways. Um, and this is another one. I mean, the end of the the end of Matthew chapter seven is just boom, right in my face. But I recognize I wouldn't even be seeing the seriousness of this teaching were it not for the blessed and divine help 
of the Holy Spirit. But I do see it clearly, my friends. I see it. Um, and I'm, it, it's hard to say this, but this is one of these passages where it'll make me take a deep breath and go for a long walk because I understand clearly that Jesus says here that on those last days, there will be people who have had the appearance the appearance of righteousness, the appearance of relationship. And Jesus is going to say, I didn't know you. And so I, I hear, I hear Jesus saying, I am really, I'm going to even deal with people who are so dynamic in their religion that hardly any people would doubt them, but I know the real person. Whoo. Um, there are a great many tests that help us discover who we really are. And sometimes people don't even know themselves who they really are. Uh, th that's what this case is here. Uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, wow, I'm telling you, that, whew, that makes my heart flutter a little bit. Um, that gives me uh, a pause, and I think, well, it should. Um what am I basing my peace and security on? Um, what a powerful question. So let's, let's, let's dive right in here. Um, really incredibly long opening, but I think it's worth it um, to dive right in. Um, you see here that just really quickly, going backwards a little bit to go forward, there's a narrow road and there's a wide road. There's a few people on the narrow road. There's a lot of people on the wide road. Um, there are two kinds of fruit. There's, there's that, that, that fruit of the flesh, which is, you know, deception at best, um, because it deceives people, um, from, from, um, even seeing God or enjoying God. And there's, oh, and it leads people to be false prophets. Uh, a lot, the fruit of false prophets is deception. Um, there's two ways um, to call upon the Lord. And you'll see that these people, they, they're, they're pretty sincere, it looks like. They're, they're calling, Lord, Lord. Um, and Jesus, says, I knew you not. So there's, there's a calling upon the Lord where the, where the Lord doesn't answer you with familiarity. And there's a calling upon the Lord where the Lord answers you with friendship. And, uh, it seems like the people who, uh, who, who say, Lord, Lord, in this passage have done some pretty incredible things. I'm sure you guys saw it. Um, they, they prophesied, they cast out demons, they did mighty works. In other words, this is all uh, uh, miracle-based stuff. In other words, stuff that only the power of God could do, or it had the appearance of miracle-based stuff. Um, and I think Jesus just covers the whole gamut of that, um, the, the, the false and the real. Um, and he says, there will be people who have done this stuff falsely. They'll said my name, they'll have they have done all kinds of things in my name and I don't know them. And there will be people who I've used to do things and I, and I, you know, they never knew me. So some of it will be fake. Some, some of it, some of it will be real. Uh, but Jesus said, in either case, uh, there are going to be people who give the appearance of doing things. They're going to be people through whom I've done things. Wow. And uh, I won't know them. So there's those, there's those two two sorts of 
two sorts of confessions. You know, the, the one confession is in your work. And whether it's, and, and, and that's where I want to, I want to pause right here and hold on for a second. Just, we, yes, we're going to get to the, the two sorts of builders, the two sorts of houses, the two sorts of foundations. But I want to, I just want to pause and sit right here for a minute. Now, l- let's think about the person um, who, who does fake work and they know it's fake work and it has the appearance of mighty and wonderful stuff, but it, it, it is. Let, let's just call it what it is. Go all the way back to when Jesus was saying, you know, when you give, don't be like this. When you fast, don't be like this. When you pray, don't be like this. And in each one of these cases back there in Matthew chapter six, he's saying, you know, the people who did that stuff so that other people would would respect or praise or think highly of them, whatever their motivation was, they got their reward. They were doing it for people. So they got from people the reward that they were doing the activity for. Now, I think we can apply some of that same logic here. I think there's all kinds of people who 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 do stuff. I can, I mean, I I could go on a who's who's list of of uh, of you know, so-called charismatic. Why do I say so-called charismatic? Because charis, charisma, acts of grace, matic, move, acts of grace movement. In other words, the movement of God's favor, you might say. Um, I, I could go on a who's who's list of prosperity preachers and charismatic people who um, uh, do stuff. And they do stuff because they want people to love them and send them money and think highly of them and promote them. Um, I'm not going to name names. I got other places to go, other things to do today, but we can do it. We can name names. So we, we've seen, we've seen, um, what this sort of false stuff looks like. And I think we can apply a certain logic to it temporally. People do things to get a certain reward. They do things, uh, to get a, to do things for people in the name of the Lord so they can get something from people rather than something from the Lord. Dangerous. Dangerous. Who is dangerous? I I, I think of the the, um, Simon Magus or Simon the magician in the book of Acts who wanted the power of the Holy Spirit uh and it was no doubt he wanted it for commercial gain. Um, trouble, just trouble, just trouble. Um, also, also, I, I think there are people who can have all the outward look of real religion, real faith, and even they will do great things, whether by the power of God or the power of, of, you know, the collective human spirit, they'll do great things and never really know the Lord. Uh, as I was studying this, I was reading one commentary and, uh, I was just struck how the commentators, you know, just a one sentence reminder said, uh, you know, just think of, uh, Martin Luther, who was a priest for many years before the Lord really got a hold to him. I was like, yeah, I remember, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then I started thinking about, uh, the, all the professors, uh, at like Cambridge who are ordained Anglican clergy. Um, and many of them are professing atheists. I mean, 
we, we've got one right here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that's a New Testament scholar that doesn't believe in the Lord. It, in other words, it's not hard for me to picture people being approved in the religious scene, but not known in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is no problem for me to believe. If, if God can use Balaam's donkey, God can use anybody he wants to. So whether it's a work-based faith so that we can get rewards from men or it's a work-based uh, faith uh, under delusion or it's a work-based faith um, that, you know, we sort of are, people are not realizing what they're doing. I can imagine all of those scenarios. And Jesus right here is encountering this. He's like, are you just oversimplification here, but are you just doing stuff or do you really know me? This this is one of these passages that ought to really rattle us. And I think this 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 weird time we've been going through, this pandemic, this crisis uh, that we've been going through, this passage passage hits us square in the, between the eyes. Um, did our faith consist of uh, you know going to hear from a certain person at a certain place at a certain time? Only was that the, you know, has our whole faith been interrupted by the lack of ability to to be uh, in a church building or in a church gathering in the way we're used to? Has our whole faith been interrupted or is there a substance to our relationship with Jesus that is deeper and more daily than these things? So this is a this is a honestly, it's just a in in. It's a in-your-face kind of passage. And it comes down to, I think, two important questions. And I, I just see the time flying by, and I want to I get to the other half of this. You know, the, the first is, are we, are we doing our will, or are we really doing the will of the Father? Um, and there's a lot of things we could say about both. Um, I'm made mindful of that passage that says to, 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 to um, love mercy and do justice and walk humbly with our God. A lot of us do our thing and hope God will rubber stamp it. Um, are we even really interested in doing the will of God? And then secondly, does our confession match Jesus's confession? I mean, in other words, does what we say we believe, uh, and, and do we actually believe it? Does it match the, the gospel as Jesus was and gave us the gospel? Um, and I think that's two really huge questions. Are we interested in doing the will of the Father? And does our uh, confession match the gospel? Wow, it's a lot to consider. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Music